Hello and welcome to episode 63 of Linux Downtime. I'm Joe. I'm Martin. I'm Hayden. I'm Gary. Good to talk to you all again, chaps, and welcome back, Martin. Thanks. So today we're going to talk about live streaming and community outreach. Martin, you have been doing these quite popular live streams. Gary, you do them all the time. And Hayden, you have even done a bit of this at work. I find it a bit baffling and a bit like what young people do. So who's going to sell me on the idea of doing live streams? I think an old person should. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) So... I started live streaming when the initial sort of lockdown happened because of the pandemic. And really, my justification at that time was, I'm going to be sat here working on stuff. There's a whole bunch of people who I'm not going to get to see for a while because lockdown, who I'd like to stay connected with. So I thought if I'm going to be doing this stuff anyway, instead of doing it in the dark on my own, let's live stream it and have a chat and have a bit of social contact with some people along the way. So that's how I got started with live streaming. And it certainly helped with sort of the cabin fever of lockdown. But I learned a few things along the way that surprised me about using live streaming as a way to connect with communities and build communities and attract developers to projects. I was actually inspired to start live streaming by Martin during the pandemic. And I still do some ad hoc streams from time to time on interesting projects I'm working on. But I think Gary has been doing it longer than any of us. Yeah. So I started streaming all the way back in 2017. And the main reason I started streaming was with Pigeon 3's development being stuck in development hell. I mean, we branched it in 2008 and it's 2023 now. So I, I started live streaming to like show people like, hey, we're actually here. We're actually still working on this. This is why it's taking so long. So it was kind of a, a community like, hey, look, we're still alive. We're still here kind of thing. And I've just continued doing it because people seem to be interested in watching us rehab the code base and stuff like that. And so has it actually attracted new people into the projects that you've been live streaming the development of? Because it strikes me that the only kind of person who'd be interested in watching someone do development must be a developer themselves, or at least an aspiring developer. So we've had a handful of people that have contributed. One of them has even reached our next level of contributor. We have a couple different levels of contributor. We have uh, the casual, you know, drive-by patch here, there. Then our next level is what we call a crazy patch writer. And then our next is developer has commit access, blah, blah, blah. But we actually just added our first uh, crazy patch writer in years, and they got into the project because of my Twitch streams. So yeah, it definitely happens. It's not often, um, particularly for us, it's not often because our code base is old, crufty, and super complex, but it does happen. I saw some of Martin's projects that he was working on during the pandemic absolutely explode as a result of live streaming, things like QuickMU and other projects. Did they explode as a result of the streaming or did they explode because they were just good? I think it was the live streaming that brought them to the attention of people. And of course they're good. I made them. (laughs) 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 But to your original point, Joe, about surely people who want to watch developers live code, they must be developers. And that isn't my experience. There's definitely that group of people And they're extremely valuable because one of the side benefits of having 
a bunch of knowledgeable developers in your live stream is it's like pair programming. They will spot your mistakes or make suggestions that you haven't spotted. So that sort of live pair programming angle, I didn't see coming and is absolutely fabulous. The, the number of times it's ended up in a better solution to a problem because somebody suggested something has happened countless times. And I love that aspect. But there's a whole group of people who are self-confessed not a developer and in some cases are even new to Linux. And the reason why they're drawn to these live streams, and it varies depending on the time of day you do them, is it's something they can have on whilst they're working or doing other things, and they sort of learn by osmosis. And a lot of the things that have become popular through my streams is not just the software that I'm working on, but the software that I'm using or the techniques that I'm employing. So sometimes it's people getting um, acquainted with Visual Studio Code, or the big one on my stream is Git Kraken, because I love it, and I'm unapologetic about how much I love it, and it's become like a meme of the the channel. But lots of people are like, I've, I got a hundred quid from, <laughs> from the developers in referral commission, because that many people signed up by watching me use it. So people are learning other things, but also make suggestions about the tools and techniques that I'm using and how I can improve. It's, it's really great. I got one of my most recent jobs because the people that were hiring me actually showed up in my stream one day and that turned into my interview because <laughs> they just watched me work for a while, saw a bunch of tools I was using, stuff they didn't know of, stuff like MollyGuard. They went and installed. They're like, yeah, we're just going to hire this guy. <laughs> so that's definitely a thing. And then another thing too, for like the non-developer stuff, I've had people describe my streams as competency porn, where you just see somebody that knows what they're doing and getting stuff done. And that in itself is rewarding and fun to watch. Yes, I think there's definitely a lot of that. And that I think is down to sort of having a plan for the stream as well, like having an outcome in mind and working to the outcome and communicating that because there's sort of the, the hook and the payoff in, in that arc of the stream or maybe even a series of streams. And what I've started doing now is when I have an idea for a project, I tend to share it up front with the community of sort of regulars and start to plan it out ahead of time. And now when I start something, I'm not starting solo. There's sort of, you know, half a dozen people that will help bootstrap the initial sort of fabric of a project and get the thing moving and going. It's fantastic. So Hayden, you said you'd done some ad hoc live streams, but I understand that you're pivoting to something a bit more professional as a result now. It goes back to this question of developers versus non-developers on these streams. And in my day job as a community manager on the Determined Project, our primary audience is not developers. It's the data scientists, the ML engineers who are using our platform to train their models. So we're not doing live coding on the back end or on the ML systems or on the distributed training side. We are demonstrating how to use our open source tools. And we have adopted kind of a two-prong approach where we have formal lunch and learns, which are more structured presentations. And it's usually showing off a new feature or we've actually gone back and actually done some more introductory work for our followers. And then 
We've also instituted open office hours, which is a much more free-form, open-ended session where one of our developer advocates and one of our engineers attends. And we usually have something prepared, depending on who shows up, because it can vary between two and 80 participants at any given time. And oftentimes, we'll find an engineer on the project who just is passionate about something. For example, one of our most recent Lunch and Learns was one of our engineers. He's really excited about using ML for GIS and geospatial data, satellite imagery, and that kind of thing. So we we just did a session on how you train an ML model on geospatial data. And that was very popular. And then we record those and we post them on the YouTube. And that's something else we see doing the live streaming. And then it's kind of an investment because you can't really always predict how many people are going to show up to your live stream by recording it and then putting it you know, archiving it somewhere, you get a long tail. And we often get many more views from those recordings on YouTube down, you know, months and years down the line. This is something I wanted to ask you all about is um, the viewer numbers, I guess. My understanding is if, if you get a few hundred people watching you live, then you're really doing well. Compare that with podcasts like this podcast that we do, which thousands of people download. It seems like this weird sort of disconnect in my mind. But but then you've got the VOD stuff as well. As you say, people catching up with it afterwards. I just struggle to get my head around the different orders of magnitude when it comes to the number of people involved. I've thought about this. And let's use a more common sort of streaming topic. If you're a game streamer, you stream to a bunch of people and you're only live in that moment. So you have to make sort of pre-recorded content to go on YouTube to build your stream audience. So if streaming is the thing you do, you have to create content on more discoverable platforms in order to drive people to your live streams. And if you thought about this from a software developer point of view, I'm not a YouTuber. So putting all of this additional effort into YouTube and then streaming doesn't make sense unless you think about it like this. My GitHub project pages are my YouTube videos and live streaming is the place where people can find and interact live with those projects. So instead of thinking about YouTube, I put the videos, recent live stream videos in my GitHub project pages and link to my Twitch streams and link to the Discord community as a way to build those places where the development happens live and there's a touching point to interact with the group of people that are working on the software. And to your analogy, some of my projects that I've developed through the live streams now have thousands and thousands of stars on GitHub. You know, they're very popular. They've been day-long trending projects on Hacker News. So that is the equivalent of a viral video on YouTube, and that's what you want. I would agree with that, too. A lot of people will end up dipping into my stream because they'll see that I mentioned Pigeon in the title. But, like, I also do posts all over the place, Twitter, Reddit, you name it, to try to get people in there. But the existence of Pigeon, even for people that haven't used it in forever, that brings them to my stream when they see it. They're just like, oh, cool. Now we can go and see this kind of thing. 
But that said, also kind of like to Hayden's point about the VODs on YouTube and stuff like that, I do a quarterly update on where the project is, including a Q&A. So like most of the time, my streams are just, I'm there coding, blah, 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 right? Then once a quarter, I do a presentation on what we did in the past quarter and then do questions and answers on it and that too. And that one I publish on our blog posts and stuff like that to bring people in, mostly to generate hype around the project and that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, like the the viewership numbers don't really matter to me because regardless, I'm there to get work done. There's this old thing from way back in the day. Some of you might remember. There's this bot you could connect to your IRC channel called uh, or called CIA bot or commits in action. And what would happen is whenever somebody committed to your project, it would mention it in the IRC channel that somebody has committed to it. So I learned a long time ago that if people were just discussing stuff in IRC and then I started working. All of a sudden, you start seeing the people who are chatting, you start seeing them making commits. Because what ends up happening is when you see somebody getting worked on on something you can work on and do, it motivates people to work on it as well, rather than just sitting there doing nothing, right? They feel kind of like, oh, I should, I guess it's kind of the guilt factor, right? They're kind of like, oh, I should go and get some of the work done too kind of thing. So regardless, there's just all these different ways to bring people in. Yeah, that's a great point. And in in the project channels I have in my discord i have all the github integrations and you'll see like a new issue filed and then shortly after you'll see one of the community contributors submitting the pull request to fix the issue that they just saw scroll by so you know it's all it's all reciprocal in that case well does it work both ways though as well knowing that you're going to go on stream and there's going to be people there and a community and this sense of almost friends there to support you while you're doing the work surely that makes the work easier then it does yeah absolutely i love the social aspect of it i mean it got me through lockdown without a doubt even when i announce a stream and it's very irregular and it's usually an interesting hack you know that i just want to work on in terms of numbers if three or four people show up i'm happy you know it tends to be people i know tends to be friends and we just work through the problem together and it's an opportunity to hang out. So, you know, even if you're not a maintainer of a large open source project or starting new projects, streaming is a great way to have some social interaction, solve problems together and have fun. Yeah. And I would say you talking about doing this for work. I've I've been doing the same at Slim AI. We've been doing weekly streams there. We do them every Thursday and we also do the sort of the office hours style thing in our community Discord. People that make YouTube videos claim that streaming is easy because you just have to press start streaming and it's not because just like any kind of work of content that has to be made, it has to be planned. I don't make notes for the stream, but I have a, these are the things I intend to try and get done. And I do outline those at the beginning. This is the problem statement. This is what we're going to try and get done. And if we get that far, this is the stretch goal. So every stream is like a packaged piece of maybe a a bigger project or a series of streams. But what we do for work in order to sort of professionalize this a little bit is that that work to prepare for the stream is a blog post, for example. The stream is then the presentation of the work that went into that blog post. And we usually have some code up on GitHub to go with it. And then as Hayden said, you then have the video that we then upload to YouTube. And that gives you a longer tail of views beyond the people that watched it live. 
And then what I haven't got round to doing yet either personally or professionally is to make shorts of the salient points from those streams and use that format to sort of promote things in a rapid context. So on my social personal streams, I too tend to have a list of goals for a project or a hack I'm working on. And when we don't reach those goals, I take a shot and that tends to make the stream a little bit more entertaining. Definitely introducing Jeopardy into the streams keeps people watching and engaged. Yep. So I try to go in with a plan, but some days it just, you can't find one, right? Luckily I have a now 24 year old code base. I can just go troll around in and find something to fix, which is something we end up doing more often than you'd believe. And, you know, we, we found all sorts of fun, crazy stuff where it's like, I should really create like a separate blog for like the past atrocities that have written in our code base kind of thing. Because, you know, that might be another way to just, you know, have fun with the project and stuff. Right. Well, we'd better wrap it up, but I'll put links in the show notes to uh, the various live streams if you stick them in our Telegram channel now, chaps, or at some point today. And uh, do let us know if you are into watching live streams or live streaming yourself. You can email us, show at linuxdowntime.com. We'll be back in two weeks, but until then, I've been Joe. I've been Martin. I've been Hayden. I've been Gary. See you later.